This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you like underground music, movies, and more, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed merch, vinyl, CDs, and more. Plug in the discount code 10 off T-E-N-O-F-F for a 10% discount at portlanddistro.com. Since we recorded this episode, some interesting developments have occurred. This is going to be part one in Unholy Portland, a four-part series, focusing on some of the great bands that come from that city, as well as this episode dedicated to Murderbait, next week's episode, which is an interview with Casey from Murderbait. The week after that, we got Davey from Dry Wedding, all culminating in a formal Unholy Portland episode where we talk about some of the luminary groundbreaking bands from that city. Uh, old bands as well as new. Some of the old bands are Wipers, Poison Idea, Dead Moon. You get the picture. So anyway, enjoy the next four episodes and thanks for listening. Hello everyone. Thanks for listening. This week, Ralph and I are reunited after uh, what seems like a lifetime since we spoke last, Ralph. How's it going? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine. My voice is back after touring. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's been forever. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, actually a good sign since life seems to be going into a more like regular kind of shape, the ones we had before the pandemic um so yeah we're busy again but finally catching up and got some some stuff to talk about yeah i mean you and i are always pretty much in in touch but we haven't actually spoken to do one of these things and it seems like a long time but yeah so we've both been on the road um which is great you know after years of not being on the road we finally have uh something worthwhile to look forward to and things that we've done. So how how is your uh, your 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 tour? It seems like uh, it was it went really well based on what I saw online. Yes, it was uh, like on, on many levels it was a success, and which we didn't expect in in this form. But uh, so primarily, like one of the biggest successes was that none of us caught COVID on the road. Um, we've like all been very careful before we shipped out and. Europe, like Germany is still like almost three months behind when it comes to like uh, like the mask regulations and everything. So people are still careful and are like, uh, I don't know, should I go to a show or not? And um, for like two weeks, I like pretty much isolated because I said like this is the only thing I really care for at the moment. So I want to go out and I don't want to be that guy that ruins the tour. So I've been careful and like also just went to work and had rehearsal. But apart from that, I was at home. Yeah, and then we shipped out and had like nine great shows. Um, played to packed houses like in Munich. We played to 220 people on a on a Wednesday wow. in a fantastic venue. Yeah, man. And like the the promoter said, like he had a band like nothing there like a few days earlier where only 80 people showed up and he had like bigger bands. But then for Ulta, people came out and we got so much love due to the new record, which has been a, well, I have to say a big success. There's so much love for this record. 
and uh, people came out and thanked us for still being around and playing these shows. And I mean, we've been on the road with Unru, our good friends, and I had to fill in as a second guitar player because the original guitar player couldn't do the tour. So I pretty much played 18 shows instead of nine. So yeah, like when we returned last Sunday, I was beaten up, but I was very happy because it was such a cool tour. That's awesome. Yeah, man. That's, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you how it was playing two sets a night. That must have been really physically demanding. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, I, I, the, the good thing is that I knew the Unruh songs really well because I've listened to them a million times. And also, like Stefan, the, the guitar player who couldn't do the tour, um, his guitar style and playing and writing is kind of close to it the way I do it. He said, like, because he used to be a fan of planks. And oh. so he kind of, yeah, he kind of like uh, took uh, influence of my chord progressions and he does the same thing. But he plays them completely different. So I had to like figure out like, okay, how do I adjust my chords to the way he plays them? But then like once I had that, it was fairly easy. And then, I mean, yeah, you had, like the, the thing on the road is you have to do two sound checks for bands who are both every sound person's nightmares. And uh, yeah, then, then you hang out and there was like, except like maybe three shows, we didn't have any support. So it was just the two bands. So you do like double sound check hang out a bit and then you play like two times sets of 50 minutes of really demanding black metal songs um with just like a break of 15 minutes so i was beaten up but it felt great man it was just like i enjoyed playing on stage it's always so cathartic and so playing these songs was awesome seeing more people getting into unru because they've been under the radar way too much um was great and people came out and like lars Lars, the guitar player in uh, Ulta, also plays in Unru. So we both like stood on stage for like a combined weight of like a uh, hundred and, and almost uh, like a hundred and twenty minutes something. Wow, damn, that's uh, that's a pretty demanding. Uh, that's demanding, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Also, I caught you on uh, on Jackie's podcast. That was awesome, man. It's really cool that he's yeah. he's picked up the torch for uh, for for Ulta as well. You know, it's, oh uh, man, yeah, yeah. He's he's such a unbelievably sweet and 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 humble person, and it was so cool talking to him. And I mean, I I enjoy his podcast ever since you turned me on to it. And it was always like, dude, there's so many awesome guests. And I mean, you just like next week it's Kirk Weinstein, and then it's like these all these people, and then like now Ralph Schmidt is in the middle of that. But the, the response to that podcast was also awesome. And I could see, like, once it popped, we got a lot of mails from people who were like, oh, I've never heard of you. And Jackie spoke so so highly of you. So I checked out the record. It's awesome. And that podcast was interesting. So I'm, I'm very, like, I, I don't know if I ever said that to you, but I'm super grateful that you, like, had me on or to have me on as a co-host here. Because, oh, they're, they're like... Yeah, man, it's got me. It's got me in touch with Brandon, and then we did that episode for the Horror Wolf podcast, and now with Jackie. And 
it's such a cool unit of people and I'm really like stoked to be part of it and it wouldn't be if you hadn't asked me to come on here as guest host so thank you very much for that oh it's my pleasure man it's you know it just made sense to have you on I mean it also gives us an excuse to you know get together and talk and you know right kind of thing but now let's take an opportunity to shout everyone out then this is a perfect organic place to do that so of course we're talking about into the necrosphere which are uh, our good brother uh, Jackie Smith is the host of that the yeah. founder, the main man over there. And of course, we yes. hinted at the Horror Wolf podcast, which is uh, hosted by Brandon Legion. Yes. And uh, I also want to shout out Iblis Manifestations, which is uh, Cheyenne's podcast as well. And that's, I've been checking that out. If you're into, uh, actually, Jackie was a guest on that. And that was a really good episode. Yes. Yeah, it was. I, I actually got a chance to hang out with Brandon on this last run oh, yeah. on a dates. Yeah, that was a lot yeah, of fun, man. man. That was cool. That's yeah. I'm mean, gonna ask him uh, if I like, could take a picture of you guys, and then he sent it over, and it made me really happy to see you guys together. Yeah, no, nah, it was fun, man. It was uh, it was also probably one of the wilder nights on that tour. With actually, uh, with the, that that uh, Brandy came out to, so it was uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, nah, it was cool. It was uh, great to get a personal connection with somebody finally after all this time. Yes. You know, and, you know, the reality is Brandon and I both live on the East Coast. So, you know, we'll, you know, now that touring is a thing again and we're out on the road, I'm sure I'll be seeing him often. So that's good. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, so how was, yeah, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. ahead. Uh, No, I mean, we can go. My my run of dates was probably not as, uh, you know, successful as yours but uh but it was still good we went out there we played like smaller markets we didn't play the only major city we played was uh philadelphia and uh that wasn't even originally on the tour schedule um yeah it was booked during the height of the uh, omicron uh explosion so a lot of uh cities were very reluctant to um to book shows but we played a bunch of smaller cities and uh towns and um, it was good. It was definitely, we it was good to get out there and and um, you know just kind of like work out the kinks of the set because you yes. know keep in mind that a lot of these songs have never been performed in front of anybody. You know, like we yep. wrote a lot of the material on the record. The record came out. You know, Under Sullen Skies came out, and um, actually even Monarchy of Shadows came out, and then the pandemic hit. So a lot of the set consists of songs that we've only played maybe once in front of a, an yeah. audience. You know, and then we have, you know, Todd on guitar who he's just getting his feet under him playing um, playing in the band. And, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Now, by the end of the tour, we were definitely dialed in and, um, you know, we're, we're geared up for the next one, which we leave for in uh, the end of May. And that's but that's uh, a big one, right? Yeah. That's a fairly big one. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's like three weeks. It's mo- no no East Coast dates. It's all on the West Coast and the Midwest yeah. and parts of Canada, and of course that's okay. with uh, that's with Origin and Abysmal Dawn, and uh, wow. so yeah, we got to be uh, on point with our playing if we're going to be sharing the stage with bands like that. So uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah, we're all geared I'm- up for that. Yeah, man, that was like that was one of the one of the like challenging aspects of this tour. Now was that uh, all that has never been true just came out shortly before the tour, and we also just played one song at our festival last year. 
So we've never played these songs before live. We rehearsed twice because Lars is living in Berlin and he had to come down to rehearse. And then it's just like when when Unru like asked me to play, that was literally like three weeks before the tour. So I had uh, I, I got videos of Stefan playing these songs. So I had one work, uh, one week of learning the Unru songs, which was in the middle of the week where there was a school th- uh, theater festival, which I was the the headmaster of. So oh wow, I was in yeah, man, I was in school like I, I I arrived in school at seven in the morning. And I left school at 10 in the evening and in the breaks in between when there were like groups rehearsing and I didn't have to be there. I, 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 I took a guitar that we have in school and hid in, in a closet of one <laughs> of the bigger music rooms and with my with my like my my telephone. And then I learned to play these fucking songs. Then I wrote, shipped out to Hanover to like have one rehearsal with those guys, and then then that's that. And then like Berlin, it, like it was the first show in front of a packed house of people that loved Ulta, and they all nev- no one knew that I was going to play. Even Ulta didn't know. So they were like, "What the fuck are you doing on stage, man?" It's like, "Oh, I don't know, just playing around." And they were like, "Huh?" And then we started playing the first song. And they were like, "What the fuck?" It's like you learned all these songs, and you're going to play two sets now. And uh, so I learned all these songs. So it was their like first shows in forever. It was the first shows where they had a female keyboard player. She's also singing. She has never played a show with them. And uh, her boyfriend is the guitar player in that band that didn't go on tours. So she she shipped out with with like random people from Cologne she's never met, and with a band that she's never played a show with. And her boyfriend is not coming on tour with her. So she she's tough as nails, and then we all had to figure out all that stuff, and it was crazy. And then midst of the tour, our keyboard player Andy um, had like a back injury, so we had to drop him off at the ER, and he stayed there, and he didn't come along for the rest of the tour. Oh man! Damn. And yeah, and I mean you've heard the record, you know how much the electronics and keyboards are important, like on the new songs. So we were like, okay, so we can pretty much play like a punk rock version of like five of these songs or maybe four. But people were asking like, oh, will you play Red Scorch the Moon, like the last song on the record, which everybody's really into. And it has these super epic melodies that Andy plays. And I'm like, one time, I think after a set, like we played the first t- first two shows without him. And I'm like, dude, I'll just stay up and I'll learn the keyboard parts on guitar. So I improvised and then we played like the next shows we played these songs, but instead of the keyboard, I just played it on the guitar. It was it was a crazy wild ride, but I think whatever happens next, like nothing can fuck with us because we're so dialed in now. And <laughs> yeah, so it should should be good from here on. Yeah, it's good to go through adversity like that. That always, you know, you know how now you know what it's like. Now you, you've been there before yes. and now it's something that's familiar. And uh, I'm always yes. a big fan of that, even though it sucks. It sucks to have adversity in your life, but I think that it's good in the long run to go through things like that to to help you, you know, to yeah. make you stronger. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. And yeah, uh, yeah I mean that's that's the cool thing about like uh, having like this band with these people. And that's the reason why I decided not to quit the band like in 2019 because it's just like there's it's it will I I don't think that there will ever like I will have another band in my life in the way that Ulfa is like on a personal level and musical level so now with the new record out and what we created and people giving it so much love and the way we operate together it's just like something special I truly appreciate yeah 
Yeah, that's great, man. That's awesome. So the big question I have is what was it like, you know, coming out of like the pandemic and the isolation and and being out there traveling, uh, you know, through different towns and being around large groups of people like what? What was that like? Did it did it make you like uncomfortable or how how do you feel about all that stuff? Uh I have to say like given given my uh, my my struggle with depression and the anhedonia that that derived from that, I'm always kind of like on at ease. So I'm not really like I don't tend to get nervous. But um, then we played Berlin the first time, and it was just awkward, like seeing all these people running around without masks. Yeah. And we've been really strict, like the first two, three shows, like all members of both Unru and Ulta, like when we were at the venue, downcheck, we all wore masks. But at some point, you could really see like, okay, so this tour is halfway done. If one of us catches this shit now, like we will at least survive before the tour is over and then go into quarantine. Um, but yeah, we were like, okay, so these are the spots where you should maybe not wear, like where we should wear a mask and this not. But you you get around it really quick, I think. Like at some point it was just like, yeah, man, I'm in a, in a, in a room with 70 to 80 people. No one is wearing a mask. But like most people were like, oh yeah, I did a test earlier on and blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of like the thing that I appreciate about uh, reason. You know, like my my... When I like teach philosophy, my favorite subject is reason, and it seems that the people now that go out to shows, they appreciate that it's possible again, and they're reasonable doing it and like self-testing and maybe wearing masks when it's necessary. You, of course, there were like some jackasses that were just like, "Oh yeah, the pandemic was a fake," and like, but <laughs> but but these people mostly don't tend to hear like bands like Ulfa so. I had just had a, I just had a blast after a while, man. It was just like in the van, like the, the atmosphere was awesome. We were all stoked that so many people came out. And at some point we were just like, okay, this is kind of feeling like the old normal again. Yeah, it was pretty much the same. I mean, uh, you know, no, pretty much no one was wearing a mask like on this run. Yeah, um, yeah I would see a couple people like, and that's fine. That's great. If you want to do that, that's awesome. Um yeah. And we were in the South for the most of this yeah. this run of dates, which, you know, no one no one that listens to this show, of course, you know, I'm referring to or, you know, but that's, uh, you know, that's the stronghold of a certain, you know, mind mindset that I find to be very uh, dangerous in this country. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and actually, yeah. I spoke with Brandon and like we were talking about, you know, just life and hanging out, you know, beforehand. And he was talking about how there seems to be this like undercurrent of people who want to have like a civil war and all this kind of stuff. You know, that's, that's, that's some outs, that's some fringe, but that's moving into the mainstream in this country. It seems like, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, 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 I've never been a fan of the Southeast, you know, yeah. uh, in general, my whole life really. But, uh, yeah. you know, I lived in Florida for a number of years. Well, actually for not a number of years, I lived in Florida for about 16 months. And, uh, that was, yeah enough for me and that you know kind of mindset down there um but yeah that that was weird <laughs> you know yeah, um yeah being around people was a little odd you know you run into like you know people that you see that you haven't seen in a long yeah. time and now you know yeah. i'm like oh damn you know it's been like three years since i've seen you and uh yeah but all in all you know i felt pretty good you know that's cool yeah. that's cool 
Yeah, man. It's just like uh, I think like it, it is. It's getting easier by the like by the time. But what I mentioned earlier is that I mean I you know like I watch pro wrestling all the time and I watch AEW shows and they play like they have shows with like maybe like seven thousand people in attendance. And Germany just recently lifted, like for the for it was around the first of April that they like the mask mandate and and the testing system was dropped and like so people are really careful here. You you have like a lot of shows, like I said, like a band like nothing that usually like pack a, a four hundred to five hundred capacity venue. They were downgraded here in Cologne to a venue that packs only like 100 people. And they had like 60 people showing up at the door. And like the promoter was like, oh, fuck, man, what do I do now? So people here are still really careful. And we had the issue that like some promoters were like, oh, yeah, we don't know if we should like maybe like put the show of Ulta in a smaller room because there's only like 40, 40 tickets gone in pre-sales. And like our booker was always like, man, no one buys pre-sales at the moment because people are on a daily basis. They see like, I feel healthy, healthy. I feel comfortable. I go to that show or I don't. And then in the end, like almost every night of the tour, maybe except for two shows, all we had at least 90 to 100 people showing up. So like all costs were covered. Promoters were happy. We were happy. But I think it will take some time here, especially in Germany, to get used to it, that you can go to shows and don't have to be afraid. Yeah, uh, it's in the States, everyone is like pretty much, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, moved, moved on from this. But, you know, for better yeah. or for worse. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm happy that we're doing stuff and things are, you know, seem kind of normal, you know, which is good. Yeah. You know, yeah. My, da my dad actually had covid like he got it oh. right in the middle of me being gone, or actually no, oh, no, that's not true. When I when I got back, he okay, he got COVID, but he had no symptoms at all. He just was like a little tired. Okay, cool. You know, yeah. maybe uh, maybe that's where I get my genetics from is from him. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you also you also didn't have like a lot of symptoms, right? Nah, I mean, I got I probably got a. Uh, you know, I mean, I, once again, I'm no doctor, but uh, I'm assuming that based on the time frame that I might have gotten the Delta variant, which hit people a yeah. little bit harder. But uh, yes, I yeah. didn't really. Yeah. For like three days, I was sick and then it was fine. You know, the only thing is like the the taste and smell took a long time to come back. You know? oh, okay. So but that's yeah. that is what it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, before we get going, I want to thank some people who recently joined the Patreon Legion that we have. Uh, so I'd like to thank uh, Christian. I'd like to thank Andrew. And I'd like to thank Mathieu, who I'm, I'm pronouncing his name because he's a French Canadian. So um, I'd like to thank those three people for joining the primarily all male Patreon <laughs> group. <laughs> so uh we got a couple of ladies on there but mostly it's dudes so uh yeah. <laughs> that makes sense to me i guess you know you sure yeah sure you should maybe rename it to the everything went cock rock or something <laughs> the the he-man woman haters club uh <laughs> patreon <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the, the no no uh, no man like things like that al bundy had like this group uh i don't i don't recall like no ma'am yeah no ma'am right 
against the. It was, oh man, yeah. I just like recently thought about like uh, Married with Children and how this show could never air again. Uh, like if it came out today, it would instantaneously be canceled. You know, I wonder if cancel culture is sort of waning these days. You uh, know, I don't know. I feel yeah. like I feel like in some ways you don't hear too. Much. I mean, in some ways, I feel like people had their moment with that. You know, and and maybe are like past it a little bit and they're less mm-hmm. sensitive. I mean, there's obviously if you're out there doing something wrong, like, you know, like smacking women around or like sexually harassing yeah. people, then you need to be uh, called out on that stuff. But as yep. far as like things in and of themselves being canceled, I, I don't know about that yeah. anymore. I feel like there's been like there's a little bit more of a, a swinging, at least as far as you know, maybe movies and media and stuff like that goes back in the other direction. Oh. I don't know. Well, we'll see. It's a question of time and then we'll figure that out. But maybe it's like the pandemic and like in fall, we have another wave, you know? I hope not. You man. never know. Yeah, me, me too, man. Like <laughs> hashtag me too. Yeah. I hope no, I hope not another wave in the fall because we also have another huge tour that we're about to announce, uh, over the summer oh. that's going to happen in, in November. So, uh, Wow, that, yeah. that would suck. Yep. Yeah. All right, man. So uh, for today's episode, we're going to focus on a band that uh, that you brought to my attention that I had never heard of before. Yeah. It's, uh, it's my pleasure to do this because I think they will be stoked too because there's not a lot of coverage about them. Even though they've been around for a while, they released their, their debut record, I think, in 2016. And there's like only very sparse information on that band. But um, yeah, uh, we're talking about Portland's Murder Bait, a fantastic band that Mattia of Abstractor and Sentient Ruined Laboratories, he turned me on to them because he released a two-song 10-inch in 2019 by them. And that was the stuff he sent me because it was the time when Ropes of Night started. And he said, like, do check this out. You might like this because he knows I'm a, like we're both big fans of Head of David and Fields of the Nephilim and these kind of bands. And I was first like, okay, well, let's see. And then I didn't check that mail for a long time. And then I was like, okay, let's give it a listen. And then the first song, When the Sun Goes Down, It Goes Down Forever, started playing. And after four minutes, I was a diehard fan of this band. Yeah. And then I sent it to you. Yeah. No, and I was I was on board right away. It's like I, I'd never heard of them before. And uh, so yeah. what 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 labels do they work with? Because I, you know, I downloaded a bunch of their stuff from or purchased it from from Bandcamp, you know. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So what what labels are they generally working with? with actually with no label so like all their yeah all their stuff is just like digitally available and i don't think they had a proper physical release except for the the 10 inch of uh when the sun goes down which is still available and it seems to be from from what i understood limited to just 200 pieces and it's not sold out so being on that label which is primarily like about chaotic death metal black metal and like harsh noise Maybe that band didn't fly as well. I don't know. But like I saw it and I really need to place an order to get that 10-inch from them. Um, and yeah, not, like and that's the reason why we're talking about them now. Because like just maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago, 
their their brand new record just dropped and it wasn't even on a friday like all the releases do it was just like randomly on a monday i mean they teased that there will be a new record and all of a sudden it was just they posted yeah the new record is online now and um i instantaneously purchased it and it was the thing i listened to on that tour the most and and it was it's the perfect soundtrack for being on the road i i uh, i wonder like they're from portland oregon Okay, so uh, yes. there's a lot of bands that well, there's what comes to mind immediately is uh, is Atriarch, you know that's that's a yes. band that um, I, I'm gonna hit those guys up to see if they even know these dudes, like if as far yeah. as like a band that they play with or you know part of that yeah. scene that because there is kind of like a little scene up there of these kind of dark you know yeah sort of bands, you know, and it would, it would make perfect sense if they play together because sound wise they. They kind of match really well. And Atriac's also about to drop a new record this year, I just saw. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I, I hear from those guys every now and then. Um, yeah. Matt, Max, their drummer, um, he played in uh, in Wolfhammer. He was like the fill-in drummer when we toured with them a few years ago. And uh, Okay. Yeah, him and uh, he, he's like uh, the guy I know probably the, mo- the best in that band just from being on the road together. And uh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him to see if, uh, if they're – if they even do know who they are, Murderbait, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from from the way it looks, there's live videos of them on YouTube, like from some years ago. So they've been around. They don't tend to play a whole lot of shows, um, but they recently played one which is well-documented. So, like, you could watch the whole concert on YouTube, and it's filmed really well, I think, by Blue Heron videos or something. And they just, like they've grown to be such a good band and they're like all like older dudes. It's not like a new hipster band from Portland, like a lot of these dark wavish bands coming from that era, like wearing Nikes and, and playing like <laughs> wearing music. Nikes. Is yeah, that, yeah. Is that a it's thing? Like, is that a thing wearing yeah, Nikes? Really? Dude, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, dude, I mean, we, we have to talk when you talk about soft kill, these these guys they look like hip hoppers they 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 uh, have sneaker collections and all that shit which is like which is cool to me because like a lot of like of the goth people are like oh no how can you play the sound and look like this which is always funny to me but um yeah they're like real sneaker heads and look like a lot of these newer kind of dark wavefish bands they're more like stylish young kids and like murder bait they look like guys like you and me I, th- I guess they're like in their mid forties, early fifties, maybe. I don't know. Like, or they just aged really badly. But like, they don't. <laughs> they're seem all like twenty five, like... but they look forty five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, if you listen to to the lyrics, and then that's the thing about this band. It's just like this music is so mature and so dark, and the, the lyrical themes are about depression and, and oppression and doubts, but also with this glimpse of hope. It's like the same way that I write lyrics for Orpha, but v- way more literate. Like, I mean, I always, like, when I write for Orpha, I'm writing in, in a second language. And I think people that are, like, have English as their native tongue and have, like, he, this, this guy singing, and I don't know his name right now, like, he seems to be a well-read guy. So it's kind of in the vein that also Reed from Bambara really seems knowledgeable of literature. Yeah, yeah I picked up on that, and that's what I really, uh, really dug about them. But real quick, you talked about um, 
Soft Kill. Max Max from Atriarch also played plays or played in that band for a minute. Yes, right. I don't, I don't know if he's yeah. still doing it with them, but I know that he was no. on a few of their records. Right, but he's he hasn't been for a while. Like the lineup is always changing with Soft Kill, um, but basically the drummer that's playing now has been drumming for them. I think ever since they released with uh, Profound More, so. That's this like the drummer and guitar like Tobias the main guy. They've been like and and uh, Conrad. If, I think Conrad is the name of the guitar player. They're like the steady, steady uh, parts of that band. But all the rest is sometimes exchanged. Yeah. But Max is not in that band. I should um, I should get more into them. I don't know. Like I I um I kind of wrote them off a little bit as like a, a hipster band, I guess. Yeah. You know, but. What I've heard is actually really good, and the fact, I don't know, like the fact that you like them so much probably would mean that I would probably like them, really. The the thing is, like, uh, first of all, like, Tobias has been in this band called Pleasure Grave, which, is, which was before all the Dark Wave reunion sh- shit happened, and it was one of the, like, some of the darkest, like, post-punky stuff that I've ever heard, like, in that time, and I still love this band to death. And Soft Kill was just, like, the offshoot of that band, and over time, Softkill became like the main band, and all the records they put out are great. And they're really like they they worked a lot. They worked to the po- like to the point where they are now, where they could release like the last record in self-released and like earn a ton of money with it, because it was praised all over the place. And it's well like I give them kudos because they did the grind. And it's cool for them that they're so successful. They they love crazy merch. People love to buy their crazy merch. Um, yeah. So all had like I tip my hat to to Softkill, totally deserving band. Yeah. But the thing with Murderbait is that I don't I don't really consider them to be. I mean, I might be completely wrong in my assessment of this, but uh, just listening to the music and you know i've kind of i have like a bunch of their stuff you know that i got off of Bandcamp and i listen to it regularly but the same way um the same way i guess fields of the nephilim are not like sisters of mercy yeah. you know even though yes, i like yes. both bands there's like yeah. a heaviness to fields of the nephilim that doesn't exist in any of the bands that they get lumped in with you know and i feel murder yeah. bait there's like a like a heaviness to the music that um yes. that is missing in a lot of their contemporaries you know what i mean yes like the sonically yeah, yeah. there's a density to the sound and also lyrically there's like uh yeah. this like brooding sort of nature to the lyrics too yeah yeah and i i don't think like if if, if you would say like oh yeah murder braid is a post-punk band that wouldn't do them justice because they're not this is so so much more it's uh there's definitely like some goth edge to it from the sound but i mean musically like the when i heard the like the new record it was just like listening to wavering radiance of isis just without metal so it has like these soundscapey songs very heavy in in their like in their sound without being like metal um but it's so moody and gloomy that's what i always love and it's more like if you have like Nick Cave like play together with Sleep and Earth playing Tangerine Dream songs, something like wow. this. It's, yeah, yeah. That's a very it's good, like, uh, very, a very good, yeah. um, you know, sort of uh, visual. You know that that's a good visualization for the music. Yeah, 
I think like when I thought about it, it's like, okay, there's like stuff that reminds me of other stuff, but it's, I mean, we all steal from other bands. Like no one is like reinventing the wheel, but, um, it sometimes come, these bands come along that blend it together in a way you haven't heard in a while or never. And that was the thing. Like when, when Mattia sent me these two songs, I'm like, oh man, this, this ticks all the right boxes. This sounds like the, 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 the most scary, dark Nick Cave songs, but with a way heavier sound, almost like kind of a sleep thing without being like the metal guitars. And it's hard to place it, but like if you dig this kind of stuff we talk about here on this podcast mostly, um, yeah, you will get it. It's like really, really cineastic. It's it's kind of like I, I wrote down in my notes, it's the soundtrack to the darkest Jim Jarmusch movie you haven't seen. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I feel like, you know, I've reached out to other people that I think would know about this band, you know, mm. like my, my friend Lucia, like she likes a lot of the same stuff that we do. And, um, yeah. she had never heard of them before, <laughs> like at all, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I'm, I made I'm making like a mixtape for her, like an actual cassette tape that I'm gonna mail to her, and the, there's a song nice. from them on there. So that's gonna be uh, cool. pretty cool. And um, yeah. yeah, just I I'm gonna try to get those guys on the podcast to interview, or at least yes. whoever, whoever the main yeah. dude is, whoever does all that stuff, and um, that maybe yeah. maybe by telling their story more, people yeah. will uh, will be into it. And then also accompanying this episode, you and I will compile a uh, list uh, playlist, you know, just yes. take it, taken from their records, you know, and then that'll give yes. people a good idea of like what, what the band is all about. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. That was the idea that I wanted to pluck too. Is like, you really should reach out to those guys. Maybe you're like, once we drop the podcast episode and I will link them on Instagram and yeah, maybe get in touch with them. I'm sure like for them, because like like you said like no one knows them and i think they have like a, a fan base maybe in in the northwest i don't know like the the show that they played or the shows that i saw like on the internet seems to be packed and people are like really into that yeah but it doesn't seem like they're a band that does like a whole lot of touring or something so yeah they deserve the praise and uh so maybe we can like we can like get them a couple of people listening to them more so if they come on it would be even cooler yeah well, I'm going to be in Portland in a few weeks, so uh, oh, you know nice. maybe uh, this this will go up. This episode will be out before before the tour. Well, probably right around the time the tour starts. So uh, I'll try to link up with one of those guys. Maybe like while I'm in Portland, like I could do it in person. You know, that'd be really cool. Yes, that would awesome. Yeah, please do so. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess like as much as I do love dark wave music, like straight up bands that are embracing that by the numbers sound, yeah. I really like bands that kind of take influences from it and extrapolate on that. You know, like for example, these guys, yeah. and I mentioned yeah. Atriarch earlier, and you know, Atriarch, yeah. very goth sounding, but also very black metal and very doom sounding. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it'd be great if that. Damn, be, I wonder if yeah. it'd be great to see both of these bands play side by side, I think. Yeah. You know what what band came to my mind first when Matias sent me them? Was that band Alaric, which people seem to have forgotten about. 
that's another guy that I'm uh, I'm gonna try to get him on the podcast. Sean, this the uh, the singer. Yeah. Um, I met him a number of years ago when we were playing in San Francisco, and uh, yeah. yeah, those three bands like that's they're like older older guys who've been around. Like uh, he was in yeah. um, he was in Dead and Gone, which is like another yes. one of my favorites. And uh, yeah, you know, there's the split between Alaric and um and Atriarch, which came out a while back, and that's how I was uh, introduced to them. Yeah, and that's the same. Like when when I when I first heard um, "Ugly Crowds" of Alaric back then, when it came, I think it was a twenty bucks spin. I think yes, I don't know, but like there's someone posted it. And I'm like, okay, I'll dig the artwork, and like from the description, it sounds like something I'd be into. And then I remember, like, man, I played that first song. I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. And and then that first record they put out is great, and uh, I had the same feeling with Murder Bait, and I'm like, like Road to Matia, yeah, man, this is this ticks all the right boxes, yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, Alaric's record that came out after that was on uh, Neurot, and I almost feel yes. like Murder Bait would fit perfectly on a label like that. Yeah, of course, yeah, that would be hands down like the perfect fit, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. People are people seem to be more careful with signing like bands that are off brand. I mean, I had like a talk with like a bunch of people that play like in more post punkish or alternative bands, being on metal labels, and they see they say like doesn't sell anything at the moment, and so they they're all trying to find labels that are more suiting to their music. I don't know. Maybe that's a side effect of the pandemic that people are like, okay, I just want to have like. If I go to Profound Lore, I just want to have death metal. I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> well, Profound Lore actually seems to be opening up their, uh, you know, their bandwidth because they put out the Photo Crime record and also uh, yeah. Bunuel. Bunuel's new record yes. is on Profound Lore. Yeah. That's also like when I remember when Relapse started to be like, not the, the okay, we have Suffocation, we have Burnt by the Sun and all these, these crazy-ass bands. Well, then they all of a sudden had like True Widow and Nothing and, uh, and, and Horseback and all these bands. And I think that makes the label, to me, way more appealing if they're like half cool bands that share like a similar vibe, but not necessarily all the same music. But uh, I don't know, man. It's just like I, I have no idea about the, the consuming like habits of people right now. For me, it's like everything is still the same. If a band is cool and the band label is not complete horseshit, like I'll buy it. I could see uh, Profound Lore being interested in a band like this, too, actually, since they are seeming yeah. to expand beyond just playing, you know, because, I mean, they actually have gone through a little bit of a trajectory, too. With profound lore i mean they yeah. were like a black metal label then they had like paul bearer like a band like that and then they had, you yeah. know they got some you know heavy chaotic dark death metal on there yeah. uh yeah. They, they put out my uh former guitarists uh new band a return like they're on they're on uh mm -hmm. profound lore so they are a little bit more um diverse than say you know like uh you know like maybe like a season of mist or something like that you know yeah, but even Season of Mist, that in that hype phase some years back, when all the big labels needed to have one post-punk band, uh, they signed Espen and the Witch, our good friends from Great Britain, who were like in their approach to music also heavy but like super fragile and not metal at all. 
but then all of a sudden they were in in between like all like all these black metal bands and i still to this day have no idea if this actually like made sense for like both the label and the band financially but it was interesting to see like back then like all of a sudden like soft kill and photocrime were on profound lore and and Gaspar and the witch was on season of mist and like everybody tried to sign like this one or two post-punk bands that they had i don't know if that concept made sense but yeah like i'm i'm not a fan of festivals that are all the same bands all the time and also not of label that just release the same record all over all over the place all the time yeah yeah definitely what's that band you mentioned from uk i don't know if i'm familiar with them from the uk espen and the witch yes um it's um it's a it's a three-piece band from brighton and they started out just like there was a female singer and two guys they were playing guitar and just at drum computers but then they changed it around a bit and um rachel the the singer she sang on converging sins our second record and to me she has the most amazing female voice in a band that i've ever heard like she's my favorite female singer in a band that i've ever heard and when i was a huge fan of them for years and then i got to meet them at a festival we're ta- was talking to her and she was super nice and we became friends and then she opted to like she said like yeah i'll, I'll sing on your one of your songs and to me that was like one of the absolute highlights of whatever i, I wrote um they're still around they're like they've they've stayed in berlin for a while now they're back in the uk um it's really interesting gloomy dark pop music in a way super heavy sometimes it's not post-punk it's not it's not uh it's not goth or something but it's very melancholic very gloomy and so again everything that you and i are into i wonder i should check it out never tell you yeah, I've never told you about them. The name, the name rings a bell. You might have mentioned that them to me. Yeah. But um, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and check it out because it sounds great. Yes. And um, lately I've really been into female vocalists, and uh, yeah. But you know, my favorite is uh, is Sarah Timms. She's my favorite female singer. Yeah. And as well as uh, yeah. Larissa Iceglass from uh, from <laughs> yeah. Lebanon, Pan- Hanover. <laughs> <laughs> which is like <laughs> that just demonstrate like how shot and like out of touch I am with it with anything <laughs> that I thought like I knew something about that band that uh yeah and everyone else seems to know about them besides me so <laughs> <laughs> but hey now I now I have another band that I'm upset I've been obsessed with for the last two weeks and uh you know yeah but you, you were telling me that uh you know they're they're like a big band in like the dark wave kind of world yes yeah yeah i i saw at uh, 11 and over oh dude like it was like shortly after i moved to cologne i saw them the first time on their first record together with tropics of cancer another great band in in a venue playing to maybe 40 people but now they it seems like they play cologne twice a year and pack like a house of 500 people they're like the the absolute gods of like this this newer goth goth movement and they're an excellent band and also rightfully deserve to be big but they're like yeah they're a huge number here in europe and i mean they've been around for over 10 years it seems like yes yeah because yeah, you know, i've been i've been exploring their entire catalog like i i, I bought like a bunch of their stuff off of Bandcamp and yeah. You know, I think I ordered a t-shirt, like all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I, there's, I, yeah, there's so they they released a lot of stuff in that time. Yeah, they're they're literally the most European band I've ever seen, like visually. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, there's that there's that one particular video I sent uh, for the single, yeah. the last thing, and I'm like, yeah. there's no possible way these two people could be or anything anything about this could take place in the United States. It's just so European. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's also the name, like Hannover is like a city in Germany. Like when that when that when I first saw the name, I was like, that's a very obscure name. But yeah, okay, cool, take it. And then it's just the imagery is it's it's yeah, like like sometimes it's like kind of like Urfaust, like it's like or, or Deutsch. Like you you just some bands just have the luck of nailing everything they do, like hitting the right nerves with the right merchandise and the right appearance. Yeah. And then they become stars in Lebanon Hanover, like they they did everything right. Yeah. Now, ironically, the name is taken from a town in uh in in New Hampshire, apparently. Oh, okay. I Isn't that funny? That. Yeah. You have <laughs> a, a Swiss lady living in Germany, a British guy, and the name of the band is derived from a town in New Hampshire. Yeah. And also Lebanon is like this place with a lot of wars and then well, Hanover yeah. is just some some random shitty German city. So like, you have like a broad mix of, of things there yeah. to unpack. I I've been to uh to Hanover before yeah yeah and uh i believe the scorpions are from hanover uh i think so yeah, yeah. i think so <laughs> yeah yeah but we were yeah we're drif drifting apart here so let's give a final shout out to murder bait i think we should <laughs> yeah definitely i mean this all is related though you know and it all yeah. kind of like coagulates into some kind of uh atmosphere about the band but uh but yeah, yeah. so definitely check them out I'm going to look into getting them as guests or, or whoever does their main, you know, whoever the mouthpiece of the band is. I'm going to try to get him on yeah. the show. Yeah. Maybe it'll cool. even be live and in person, hopefully, you know, when I'm out there in Portland. And, um, yep. and yeah, we're going to put together this, this uh, playlist. So one quick thing. I've been trying to figure out a way to incorporate the playlist into the Patreon posts because um, – there's a little bit of a challenge of putting like outside links like that into an audio post. So, uh, mm. so you guys are just gonna have to bear with me. You know, I'm trying to figure that out. But they, the the uh, the posts on um, the Spotify playlist always go up on our Facebook page. Uh, you always get access to them through um, the Instagram uh, stories, like that kind of stuff. And also, I guess, yes. I guess, really, if you guys want to just follow me on on Spotify. You know, I, I do all kinds of playlists. You know, there's like, you know, stuff that uh, all the show playlists are up there. There's other random things that I'll, I'll do on a personal level. So if you want to find me on Spotify, that's yeah. another way to get access to all this stuff. Yeah, my, my, my favorite one of these playlists being Mike Sills Straight Edge Youth Crew playlist. <laughs> it's like there's all, only good stuff in there. You know, I got to be honest, man. I'm not a fan of that kind of music, really. <laughs> really that's a surprise i think we never, we never we never talked about this on here i mean my friend morgan who you know morgan is like he always calls me out on some on this stuff about how i hate hardcore and i'm like well <laughs> what is there to like about it you know what i mean it's like yeah, yeah. i like some bands you know i like integrity i like you know minor threat you know, black flag yeah. like i like but i'm not a, i'm not into hardcore music necessarily 
you know yeah but but the thing the thing is that it's always difficult when people say like yeah Ulta is a band of like hardcore kids playing black metal it's like you have to differentiate between the hardcore you know because like for most metalheads that's mad ball and and then it's like maybe some posy core like they call it here so like this positive youth crew stuff but like the stick that like ringworm and starkweather they're considered being hardcore bands but like they're more like metallic hardcore or even like metal yeah and that's like the kind of hardcore scene that we come from i mean that's the scene that anodyne played sure. when they were around yeah and that planks played but like none of our old bands sounded like youth of today or gorilla biscuits yeah. now nah, to me that that kind of music is just like by the numbers uniform you got to wear like a champion's hoodie you know and no. i don't i just not into it man like i'm not in I, I even at my youngest most impressionable days i was no. still just listening to like black flag and like at the time the chromags were like you know a band and but those are just like a, a bunch of criminals that just make music really you know so that's no. You know, that I don't know. I've always been more into that. Like anything that had to do with community or, you know, like uh positive vibes, like none of that shit ever really reached me, you know. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't even really like Fugazi for that reason, to be honest. I like Repeater, that one record by them. But I'm I'm yeah. not into the whole Discord, you know, let's all help each other kind of thing. You know, I don't know. It's yeah. just me, you know. Yeah, it's also like uh, Fugazi has some great songs, but like over a, a whole record, and never did a thing. Like I was never a big fan of a whole record. I've never seen them live, and I think live it could have been cool. But I see what you mean with the Discord stuff. Like there's some bands on there that I like, but in generally that's also not like the kind of stuff I'm into. You know? The the band that I like on Discord, I like two bands. The two, my two favorite Discord bands is Rites of Spring, and. Mm. Um, and beef eater okay yeah. and no one no one ever that's beef eater apparently that, no one no one likes that band but i think they're great and rights of spring yeah. that's like the best in my opinion the best discord release is the rights of spring yeah. records did the 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 faith void split come out on discord oh yeah that's a good one too that's a good one too yeah yeah, yeah. but that's more like that's like hardcore hardcore yeah so yeah. i dig that void is amazing yeah, yeah definitely and uh yeah so i don't know you know I don't know if uh, Morgan routinely listens to this show, so I'm sure he's going to have. I'm going to get when this come out of context. When this show goes up, I'm going to get a text message from him about what I just said about hardcore music. You know, was he the guy from Kill the Kill the Client that was also in the Decipher video where you had to guess the logos like tombs? Yep, and, and Kill exactly. The Client? Yep. Yeah, he's oh, he, yeah, he's I... from Kill the Client. He also plays in an excellent band called Black Ops. You know, oh, okay, and right, as yeah. much uh, as uh, you know, Morgan uh, makes fun of me because I don't like hardcore the way he likes it. I like hardcore per se in a way. I like it, but I just don't like it the way he likes it. You know. Yeah. But I, I'll yeah. back him on everything he does because he's incredible as like yeah. creative guy. Like he's learned how to do all this electronic stuff that he does in Black Ops, and Black Ops are a great yeah. band. And uh, yeah. So you know. I back him, man. I don't know. That's just the way yeah. it goes. And we and we back Murder Bait, and you guys should listen to it. I mean, we talked about a lot of the reference bands, and uh, if you trust our opinion, you will instantaneously after this episode go on Spotify or Bandcamp and check them out and give these guys some money because uh, they need to be a bigger band that more people know about. So if you're into like dark crowds, dark space rock psychedelic earth 
Nick Cave, Tangerine Dream, all these kind of bands, Murder Bait will be right up your alley. Awesome. Yeah, and check out the playlist. And also, real quick, we never talk about our Instagram uh, account, which we is relatively oh, yeah. new. Um, yeah. Any longtime listeners will will probably follow me me personally on Instagram, but uh, we have an Instagram that's dedicated to the show now. So yeah. uh, seek it out and uh, follow, and we're going to be having some stuff on there that's exclusive to that account. So um, so definitely yes. check it out. Yes, cool. Thank you.